Madness is upon us, and we're coming at you with episode 107. Uh, hey, fellas, what's going on? <laughs> Someone's got a live. <laughs> we're missing one guy here. I think uh, Bison is very ill, and we're we're sorry for that. Either that, or he's got a I case hope. of yeah. He's got a case of the. It's been seven weeks since episode 100, and I haven't gotten my tattoo yet. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you about that, Rooster. I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. An excuse. I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to wonder. I heard he was starting a bonfire down at Georgetown to celebrate the arrival of their new coach. Yes. Yes. Chicken soup. He's working on the parade route. Maybe. Yeah. Before before we get into it with the. the brackets. It looks like the Big East is back, baby. We got some yeah. big time coaches coming in. Uh, we have a couple of really solid ones there already, if not more. I have a a, a question for you, a trivia question for you. Okay. Who can tell me the name of the coach of the Butler Bulldogs basketball team? Current, current coach. Brad Stevens was there. Yeah. So he went on their yeah. run. Never mm. a Butler. I don't no. remember who Butler's. It's not. It's not. It's not Matta, is it? It is. Oh, it is. Yeah, really. Good job. Wow. Good House. job. Good job. Interesting. Yeah, good job. All right. Well, let's go over from like one of the Ohio schools. Ohio well, he was State. at Ohio State for a while. Yeah. 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 He was yeah. good. He's good. Yeah, coach. Really, he was. He was. Um. Let's jump into it. What, what, do you, what do you guys want to, how do you guys want to handle March Madness? I was thinking we could each just take a couple of things we wanted to talk about. I mean, our, our fans should know that we appreciate the fact that they've already watched all the games. They've already read all the analysis of the games. They don't need a, a, a summary of games. Let's, what, do you, what, what do you guys want to talk about? Start with you, House. Which, what were your two big takeaways from the weekend? I have two big takeaways were one that I answered my question. Size doesn't matter. Um, you know, uh, it didn't matter. Edie's size in with Purdue. It didn't matter to Shibui's size and I don't know, 40 rebounds over the weekend for Kentucky. It just didn't matter. What matters. My second point is I watched a bunch of the games and it is unbelievable how much of an equalizer half-court basketball is. You know, some of these smaller schools, if you have good coaching and committed defense and you are, you know, set up in a half-court defense, you can keep the score low and you can stay in games. Most of these teams that are getting blown out is because there's transition scoring and it's not a half-court game. You know, these, these big upsets. coaching matters is what you're saying. Coaching matters. There's not, there's not adjustments at halftime. Huge. I to mean, change the, up on these fast court. The, the, the score. FAU win, the Princeton win, um, even, you know, some of the other schools, Miami, Creighton, San Diego state, these teams can play committed half court defense, Tennessee suffocating half court defense. 
And that's what I kept noticing. Like the reason why these teams that we think should be winning are not winning is because they just don't have a half court game. That, that Those were my takeaways. Do you remember what I said last week about what I would do if I was playing Purdue in this tournament? Press. Press. And that's what Fairly Ridiculous did. They pressed <laughs> and then surrounded Zach Eady with people our size. <laughs> do you, do you, but, uh, you know, I was thinking about that game. Like, do you think that, and keep in mind, these are college kids. You get to the halftime, they're FD, FDU's in the game. It's start the clock, it's under 10 minutes. They're still in the game. Do they start to think about, am I going to be the next Virginia? Because, 100%. Because yeah, they, they must. Because their, shoot, because their percentage shooting was some of the more atrocious three-point shooting I've ever seen in my life, by the way. No. You must not have watched any more Carolina games this year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I mean, I think there's a level of choking, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I not I'm not taking anything away from FDU. Well, they they start pressing. And, and, and then they like they'll have a good shot, but they won't take it because they're not hitting and it gets in their head and they try to force passes in. And they, you know, they were collapsing on on Edie inside. They couldn't get him the ball. There were four of twenty-two from three point land at one point. Yeah, they're a horrible. They're, look, they're a horrible, horrible March team for the yeah. last three years. They're terrible. I don't know why people forget this every year. They got beat by what a sixteen, a fifteen, and a thirteen, and a 13. The last three years. Yes. yes. And if they didn't have Edie, they'd be nothing right now. Yeah, I mean the fact that I had them going as far as I did, I, I it's they're obvious perennial, perennial um, out early. Right. I had them I had them losing in round two to um uh Memphis. Memphis. I can't believe Memphis lost either, but that's a whole different story. What else do you have, Milk? Anything else besides Purdue? You know, I I guess this might be um looking ahead a little bit, but my greatest fear is taking place. (laughs) The University of Alabama might have a the easiest coasting yeah. shot into the final four. Um might. might. Might they're playing San Diego State and then San Diego State and then the win- winner of now Creighton. Creighton Princeton, right? Creighton's probably the biggest opponent they have if they can get through Princeton. Um <laughs> I can't believe it. I can't believe Alabama is Got a huge chance to be in the final four. Um, and an unbelievable luck that they've had. I had Arizona, by the way, going very, very, very far. I can't, but that to me, the Princeton, another classic, the Princeton upset, and uh, me, yeah, yeah. Almost, if not bigger than the 16 seed upset. I've got three of my final four is still alive, and that's Two great. of them are on the right side of the bracket. My left side of my bracket, besides Alabama, is an utter mess. It's mush. Pope, what do you have? Well, I think it's, it plays on what House was saying, but I think I think in this tournament especially, the guard play is so important in showing us the teams that you know are built for March. Uh, we're we're seeing some budding superstars, whether they're going on to the NBA or just college superstars. Uh, and, you know, and and uh, this Nemhide guy in uh, at Creighton um, had thirty points against Baylor and was unstoppable. 
Uh, I know. I think we all watched. We were texting during the Kansas State game. Oh man, I love that guy. I mean, Marquise Noel is Muggsy Bogues meets Steph Curry. Yes, he is a magician. I can't wait. And to see with there. ice in his veins too. Yes, yes. I mean, K State. You know, they they were a fun team to watch, and Kentucky didn't play that bad. They just got beat by a better team. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, look. Alabama and Houston guard play. Quinterly had a great game uh, against Maryland, and Sasser and Mark combined for 48 points against Auburn. Hell, Houston was down by 10 against Auburn and, and at halftime, and people are like, oh, here we go again. And they outscored them 50 to 23 in the second half and showed us why most of us have Houston. And Tiger Campbell's still getting it done for UCLA. Tiger Campbell's still for UCLA. Uh, you know, you're right, Milk. It's kind of. Maybe we shouldn't look ahead, but how? Why wouldn't we? At UCLA Gonzaga. Now, we. I did think that TCU was going to play Gonzaga close, and and they did. They punched him in the mouth, and all credit to to uh, Gonzaga coming back. Um, I I don't believe like one of the guys here on the pod that uh, Gonzaga was a quote unquote far superior team. They are. Gonzaga was a better team, and uh, uh, ultimately they showed it, but. You know, I I think I think UCLA is where the Gonzaga train stops. By the way, you know Timmy's got one more year of eligibility. How's that possible? Is he on his like sixth COVID year? Yeah, yeah, I know. He he could actually could transfer to another team if he wanted to. What Pope? What are your thoughts on UCLA's injuries? What's the word? What's Singleton's story? Is he gonna play? Well, he. He was back. Uh, he didn't come back in the game, obviously, but he yeah. he was in the uh, the line, uh, you know, the reception line or whatever after the game. So um, it may not be as bad as everybody thinks. Now he's probably what the four out of the fifth uh, of the starters. You know, that's that important um, from a scoring standpoint. You know, I mean, obviously they're they're down uh, already going into the tournament, but. Uh, they, they still have a bitter taste in their mouth from losing to Carolina last year. So I I would be surprised to see UCLA stumble and UCLA Gonzaga, you know, Gonzaga is the upstart, even though they they've been sustained for a while, but UCLA would like to put Gonzaga in their place. That's going to be a really good game. Yeah. that That's the best. I mean, there's a lot of good games coming up, but that is to me, the marquee matchup remaining are Xavier, Texas, which I th- really think is going to be a great game. I think people are underestimating Xavier and uh, and Gonzaga, UCLA, where we'll find out how much they're missing Jalen Clark. Hey, I, I do. Xavier I do, can put up some points, man. Don't yeah. sleep on Houston, Miami. Houston, Miami, Miami is athletic. Yeah, they are, but but I think Houston's a bad matchup for them because I think Houston's athletic and long and re- really long. You know, one of the other things, and Rooster, I want to hear yours, but, uh, you know, it used to be that everything was about the ACC and the Big Ten, and, you know, that led to ACC Big Ten matchup in the start of a a new season, that they would dominate, uh, you know, at least the selections. Big Ten would crap out a lot, but now this year, six out of the 16 remaining teams are either Big East or SEC. I mean, we don't normally list Alabama – Arkansas and Tennessee as perennial big time hoops. And even in the Big East, while of course UConn, UConn is a perennial uh favorite, 
Creighton and, and Xavier being the Sweet 16 is is pretty big for the, you know, everybody expected Marquette was the one that we would see. Right. Yeah. But right. Creighton and Xavier is a big deal. So Big East, Big East and, and SEC are looking good. I actually think UConn, Arkansas is going to be a great game to watch. Absolutely. Um, the two, two, the two things I wanted to talk about were number one, the Duke Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. It brought back, um, it, it brought back really uncomfortable feelings that I had from being like the summer between sixth and seventh grade. And I would go down to this outdoor basketball court in my hometown down by the Harbor where you could play hoops and watch boats and all that. And, my buddies and I would meet up every day. And then one day this group of guys from high school showed up and these motherfuckers had like mustaches and muscles and everything. They bullied and beat the living crap out of us. And we just refused to quit to the point where we like in near tears. You're the townies playing these guys. (laughs) And that's how I felt about what happened to Duke. My God. They were playing grown men and they look like little boys getting their asses whipped. This, this guy, um, beautiful. How do you pronounce that guy's name? Urez Plavich. He came right out like in the first play and just bulldozed Filipowski. And the next thing you know, Filipowski within, I guess within the first four minutes, uh, Plavich had two fouls and Filipowski had a gaping wound under his eye on his fight doctor. Oh my God. (laughs) I mean, these guys just beat the crap out of Duke. And I know I'm not alone among podcasters who thought Duke was a really solid dark horse to make the final hot as shit going into the tournament. My God, I've never seen such a physical ass whipping as of a, of a really top team in years. It was, it was, Tennessee is good. I mean, they whipped Alabama's yeah, ass. Yeah, but jeez, they just beat when they were up, number one. Up they in, didn't just up win; in, uh, they beat them up. Yeah, I, no, they're they're yeah. athletic. They're good uh, teams. Tennessee, look, I watched them play all year. That was a great. That was the be- one of the best ones they've had all season. And I don't trust them at all. They turn the ball over way too much, and it will get them in trouble. They might get past FAU because they just have more talent, but I don't think they're getting through. They're not mm. getting by either Kansas. State. Well, this guy. Kamua, is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah. Or yeah. 27 points. He looks like somebody who's caught fire at the right time and is a budding star. Yeah. I mean, he was he was draining him. Anyway, my second point is the same point House started with. Coaching really matters. Um, in the Big 12 finals, Texas beat the snot out of Kansas by 20 points with Bill Self in the hospital having a heart cath for two blocked arteries. People were saying, ah, he's going to be back. He's going to be back for the tourney. You know, I mean, my dad went through that. You don't just come back to a high stress job like being on the sidelines in, in March Madness close to having that procedure done. And I didn't think he would be back. And so I picked, um, Arkansas to knock off Kansas. And that's what happened. And I really think that team needs Bill Self in order to perform up to their uh, highest potential. And sure enough, man, they, uh, they just, they just couldn't get it done without him. I don't know rooster because when Bill Self was coaching Texas beat them by 20 points uh, the week before they beat them by another 20 points in the big 12 final. 
So um, I'm I'm so, just not sure. So why was everyone seating them in number one and saying maybe they should have been uh, in 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 the Houston bracket? They're well, so good and they're going to go all the way. It, it was their body of work. I mean, they had they had a great season and they're defending national champions and and uh, you know you can't you can't count them out. But you know Kansas has the same tendency. Uh, the Arizona does if they don't make a run to the final four, they get knocked out early. Uh, um, yeah. So Arkansas, I mean, look, those SEC teams, they, they are playing a different level of ball right now. And uh, it, it's just been interesting to watch them uh, dominate where the big 12, we thought, you know, the big 12 all year was the number one conference uh, as it was rated. Um, and uh, you know, all they have left is uh, Texas and Kansas state. By the way, well, Go ahead, Milk. Still has from top to bottom, and you'll see it against UConn. They might have the some of the highest caliber players left in this tournament. UConn, you're right. Smith Black, no Smith Black Council for Arkansas. There's all there's NBA chatter around all three of those guys. Yeah, and I mean, I I'm I have I have Arkansas maybe getting to the Final Four. I, which well, I cannot believe I'm saying that. But speaking of that, speaking of that milk, now that we've had a chance to maybe recalibrate after after our mess of brackets, who do you have? In the, who do you think is going to the final four? I've got well, right in Bama, put them in there. I've got um, out of the South. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm putting Arkansas in from the West. I we're gonna have two SEC teams. Um, Tough one's the East. I've got the winner of Michigan State, Kansas State. I can't pick. I had to flip flip the coin on those two. That's Don't that's count gonna, Izzo out in March. Uh, Izzo in March. I mean, come on. I love that game. They find the a different. They just find a different. And by level. the way, in the Midwest, to your point on coaching, no one's talking about Rodney Terry. Unbelievable job he has done. He's probably earned the start the head coaching position next year, which was totally unexpected. They're what. Uh, they're eight, eight, eight and two over the last 10 games. Texas is hot. They're hot. I've got them coming out in the, out of the Midwest. That's my final four. What about you, Pope? Well, I, I have two of my teams left. So I have Alabama and Texas. And I think Texas over Houston is still going to be an unbelievable game. Wait, Texas is your team. Yeah. I got Texas over Houston. What do you mean? Tech? You said two of your teams left. Yeah, oh. Alabama in the Texas. final four. Okay, final not four. who you root for. I thought you were now taking ownership. <laughs> Hook him. He does live in Texas. So you've got. Oh you, no no no! You've got Texas, Alabama, and who I are the other Texas, two? Texas, Alabama, and then I think I think Kansas State. Kansas I, State I like in it. the in in the uh, in the East and, and in, in the West. West um, say I, it. it's come a, on, it's say a it. Toss say up. it. I, unfortunately, I think UCLA, but it's a toss oh up. my god, house. Well, I wish Bison was here. I, I just, I'll say, I don't think we're done with upsets. But when the upsets are, oh, I think, I think we're going to see some, some pretty shocking upsets coming. Still, I just don't think one can come out of the South. I think Alabama just. I think it, it, both those games could be tight for them, San Diego State or Creighton, who I do think will will hold off Princeton, but I think it's going to be Alabama. I agree with Pope. I'm impressed with Kansas State. Their coach has big-time swagger. He has these kids believing. 
Uh, they're a very athletic team. I think Kansas State comes out of the East. Uh, I also agree with Pope that Houston, Texas will be an amazing game, but I do think Houston pulls that off and makes it to the Final Four. And out West, I'm different from everybody so far. I, I still like how Gonzaga plays and how Drew Timmy plays. They've just got a will to this thing. And uh, I think it's, so. I've got Alabama, K State, Houston, and Gonzaga. Well, I've got three of my final four teams still alive Alabama, Texas, and Yukon. So I'm not going to change those. And, you know, um, Izzo's been to 25 March Madness appearances. He's made the Sweet 16 15 times and 16 times. His team is beaten a higher seed. I, I, I'm starting to think Bison was right last week. At Izzo, Izzo and Michigan State are the dark horse uh, winners of the East. So I'm putting them in the final four. Yeah, wow. I, I'm going to root for Kansas State, though. I love that team. There's a lot of, there's a lot of teams that rely on streaky shooting that are still remaining. And Creighton being probably the first of all of them. Um, and if if Houston also, I mean, if if Houston, Creighton are not hitting their threes, uh, Xavier doesn't uh, hit their threes, you you could see some teams get run out of the gym. I, I really think uh, that if if you know we saw some of that, like the two different games that Penn State played between the Texas A&M game and the Texas game. I mean, it was lights out shooting in one game. And then the next game, they just could not make any of their threes. And that could be the difference in these Sweet 16 and, and Elite Eight games too. Milk, assuming Tennessee gets out of the Sweet 16, can Michigan State or Kansas State stand up to that physical ass whipping? Yes, because I'm telling you right now, Tennessee will turn the ball over. And they, I mean, it's a big problem for the, them this year. And I think I think Kansas State, Michigan State, their their defense, they'll take advantage of that. Um, I don't look. I guess FAU could upset Tennessee, highly unlikely, but I don't see Tennessee getting through either one of those teams. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I, I and I'm an SEC guy. Hmm. All right what what's the biggest potential upset we see on Thursday Friday games? I mean, your lowest I, I, seed well, is San Diego Princeton. State over Alabama would be huge. It would be, but, but your uh, lowest seed is Princeton. They're a fifteen. I, I give yeah. them. They can win that game. They, I give them about a forty percent chance against Creighton. They have a lot I of agree. confidence right now. Yep, yep. I agree. Yep. Well, and their defense and rebounding is off the charts. I, I never thought Princeton was a rebounding team, but the stats this year are crazy. They they totally out rebounded um, Maryland. Right or no? Who did they play last? Who Princeton? Yeah, Mizzou. Yeah, they. they I mean, Missouri's a big physical, athletic team, and Princeton out rebounded. Shocking. Team. They're they're just smart basketball players, and they yep. just get in the other team's head. Yeah, yep. I mean, if yep. Princeton's in the Elite Eight, that's a shocker of the tournament. Oh, I mean, just that yeah. would be ridiculous. My next door neighbor and his entire family his children they all went to princeton and he was flying the princeton flag after the purdue game and then took it down and i'm like what kind of fan are you 
you, you got to put it back up. They're still in it. He thought they were one and done after beating Purdue and took the flag down. Anyway, let's I move on to that smart. Yeah, let's move on to the uh, NBA house. Uh, I love the fact that Embiid is basically letting it be known. He wants this MVP award and he's going to go get it. What do you think? What are his shot? What's his shot at getting MVP this year? I think he should. I don't know. There's it. one of these. There's one of these graphs of the trend of like where people were, you know, finding because it, it's it's basically a two man race between him and Jokic, right? And Jokic had it in the bag according to a lot of pundits a few weeks ago. But then Embiid went on his tear where he's and, doing and his, Jokic and the Nuggets dropped what like five out of six or something recently. They, they dropped five out of six. And the juxtaposition was Embiid making fourth quarter winners and Jokic missing them. And uh, look, they're both great players. And I do think if you take either one of them out of their lineup for extended periods of time, the teams would crater. So I think they both qualify for being the most valuable player to their team. I just think what Embiid is doing as a big man is crazy. Yes, I think Jokic sees the floor better. He's a better passer, and his vision of the court is better. As an all-around player, it probably goes to Jokic. As a dominant, most valuable player, I, yes, I'm biased, but I go with Embiid. I I don't know. I think Embiid is a better all-around pay, player. I concede that if you're looking for a point center, Jokic is the man. But he's Embiid is such a better athlete than Jokic, and I think in a in tough uh, postseason series that really matters, and I'm basing that in part on the Knicks game the other night. The problem Jokic has is he can't keep up with some of these athletic centers like Mitchell Robinson. You know, Mitchell Robinson is no superstar, but that guy can get up and down the floor. And Jokic was like, you know, foul line to foul line, basically just trying to keep up while Robinson was getting down, blocking other people's shots, and getting alley-oops during that game on offense because Jokic couldn't get down to defend him. He's too, He's a lumbering, unathletic guy, and I don't think the league wants him to be a three-peat MVP. I really don't. That's that's elite, elite era uh, when you get three-peat MVP. I, I, I think the body of work this year, I think, they, I think they're looking for a reason to do Embiid. Yeah, I hadn't, guys, I hadn't even thought about it that way. They don't need a reason that I think is is a fair thing to say. Well, but on behalf assume, of Embiid, but I agree with you that they up. are. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you that they are. Yep. I, mean, I don't. I don't know. Just off the top of my head, how many repeat MVPs we have? I don't even know if Jordan and LeBron have done that. House, what did you think about George Carl's comments? Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously, George Carl, please. First of all, you sounded drunk during that interview. But besides that, if you guys didn't hear George Carl, what he said was, yeah, he's a good player and everything, but uh, he takes plays off. And I don't like his body language on the floor. Like sometimes he, makes, sometimes he makes faces I don't like. I mean, are you serious? Look, forget about his bias that he coached the Nuggets, so he's going to be for Jokic anyway. But – there there's always some first it was the raptor uh scoring metric then it was a different metric there's always some reason that people are looking to not 
give it to Embiid. It's ridiculous. Bill Simmons is another one who's on the Jokic yeah. train. Yeah. Like, get over yourselves. Just look at the results of his team and his points. And his Carl recycled and his- those comments from previous years, too. He said the same thing before. Pope, to answer your question, three people have three-peated. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, and Larry Bird. Wow. wow. So it hadn't happened in quite a, since, quite since, a while. Since 1986. Yeah. All right. Well, um, next yeah, up let's, on the... Can we, let's address the real quick uh, what's going on in, in the West as far as who's going to make the playoffs. Do you guys realize there's only three games that separates the fifth team and the, what, 12th team? Wow. I mean, the Mavericks now are 36 and 35. They're 11 and a half back. And the Jazz are 13 back and they're 11. They're out of the playoffs. And the Clips, hell, the Suns are only four games ahead of the Jazz. And the Suns are in the fourth spot. So it's unbelievable. Every game, you know, in the NBA, usually every game doesn't matter. But this is almost like we're in playoff mode now. Every game matters. I think the biggest shame this year is the fact that KD got hurt right yeah. before the playoffs. I really wanted to see him him gel on the Suns and see how that team played. What's the prognosis? Is he going to be back for the yeah, playoffs? Uh, yeah. I think so. For I think sure. so. But how about the fact that KD and his goddamn shoes, first it was a quarter inch of a shoe on a line. Yeah. And yep. then it was a shoe hitting a wet spot. I mean, a friggin' sweaty spot on the court is why the guy's not playing. It's crazy. Um, are the uh, Clippers healthy? Yeah, I think so. I think everybody's playing for the Clippers. I mean, they're all playing 500 ball basically right now. Yeah, they are. They are. The Clippers are five and five. Suns are five and five. The best record. <laughs> last 10 games is the Kings. We thought the Kings were going to fade. Yeah, we had, and they got better. Off. They got better. Right. They're, <laughs> they're challenging Memphis now for the two slot. Crazy. Well, I think, I, I think the question will be for the West is with extended absences of Ja and KD, do the teams kind of get back into the swing of things in time to be on all cylinders for the playoffs? Right. House, have you watched the Kings at all recently? Yeah. yeah Your man, didn't you get, didn't Tybal used to play for the Sixers? Yeah, Tybal. He's but playing you know, great. No, I no, but Tybal's with Portland now. Oh, is he? All right. It must have been yeah, the yeah, Portland Tybal. game I was watching. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's playing out of his mind. Yeah, it's no, a sh- I mean, you have, if you're a Sixers fan, you, you have to be sad that he's gone. He just was defense only, really. He's starting, I mean, he's starting to play good offense. That's impressive. Yeah, we like him here. Yeah. How many? More right. games, what it was? Ten more games left in the season? Something like that. Uh, playoffs. How many? Yeah. How many total? So eighty-two. So it's crunch time. Yeah, Mavs have uh, eleven games left, so it's pretty consistent with everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, That's it's like I said. I, I mean, every game matters, even in, against the bad. Teams, in theory, you, you if you lose one, then you probably lose uh, a slot or two in the playoff seating. Right, which well, is why I'm the curious way, well, whether um, whether the players on the Clippers are still resting or are they playing every game now? Yeah, I don't know. 
But, but back to real quick, the Embiid Jokic, I, I meant to say that uh, one week from tonight, they play in Denver, and all eyes are going to be on that game. I, I'd be shocked if Embiid doesn't play out of his mind in that game. I think they both will really be going for it. Not yeah. not just for obviously for their teams to win the game, but I think they know the MVP could be on the line that night. So that'll be that'll be a fun one. Yeah, a week from, be fun. that will be fun. Tonight. Who's watching the uh, baseball World Classic? I haven't seen USA. one game. I haven't, I haven't seen either. one game yet. I'm pretty sure House and <laughs> Bison. House is. loves them because Trey Turner's winning it for the USA. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, I'm a USA homer, but I also think there's just like, first of all. All of these. Uh, oh, that's funny. We're all rooting for are Russia. You, are you, <laughs> well, I Cuba. know Venezuela. I mean, I, yeah, I thought you were for Venezuela. Yes. Milk your Latin America. Hey, Acuna right? is on uh, Venezuela. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I, you know, it's probably because we are isolationist homers that we don't really appreciate what countries some of these Latin guys are are from, and you see the talent like. You know, it's ignorance of me, but I didn't appreciate what kind of talent Venezuela actually had on their team. That team was stacked. That team was absolutely stacked. Um, but look, this, this other than our pitching, which is eh, meh. When you when you got to put up Adam Wainwright throwing eighty six mile per hour meatballs uh, over the plate as one of your starters, I don't know. Um, but. This Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt, um, Trout, Trout, Trout is playing out of his mind, and they're really, really loving. It's like almost there's something about you know we've seen it in all the other sports, whether it's you know any of the Olympic sports. But there's something about playing for your country where it feels like these guys turn back the clock to when they're like teenagers and college kids. They're so so energetic and happy. And that that moment where everybody's seen it by now, the Trey Turner Grand Slam when when the U.S. was down by two runs late in the game, that that was a that was a big moment. It's it's cool. It's a shame that this World Baseball Classic is getting tarnished a little bit by this injury to Edwin Diaz. I don't think we talked about that yet. Yeah, maybe we did talk about, it, but yeah. Well, Edwin and Diaz the and the cheater. Yeah, and, and the stop. cheater Altuve. Yeah, Altuve. I just I think it's a dumb argument to say that we need to get rid of the World Baseball Classic because guys are getting injured. Because I just checked, you know, some of the injuries and there are some serious injuries happening in spring training in Florida and Arizona too. Right. I mean, Mac, Max Dakota, Scherzer's point is they should have this this World Baseball Classic happen mid season when everybody's warmed up and used to playing, and that more injuries happen. In spring training and yeah, right, at this break side up of the year. 162 uh, game season by adding in another two or three weeks to break it up. Yeah. That's insane. They'd have to consolidate it, maybe replace the All Star weekend with this. But it really does, it will really change the fortunes, I think, of the Mets. Edwin Diaz was such a big part of their success last season until they choked. But I mean, he had a whole bunch of saves, created that whole thing with the trumpets. Like, yeah, they, I feel bad had... for the trumpeter. He's out of he's out of a job. <laughs> Trumpeter's fuck. We need to go. We need to go fund me for the trumpeter for uh, the Mets. This just proves my point, my theory <laughs> that it doesn't matter how good the Mets or the Jets are, they're always going to find a way to suck. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> 
Hey, House, what pitcher was it that broke Altuve's thumb? Do you know? I forget. I, I forget. Are you was. sure? Was it an Astro? I mean, how funny would that be <laughs> if it was his own teammate who broke his thumb? <laughs> oh, man. The, the other good thing about this is for players like Goldschmidt and Trout, it's more exposure than they get because most of the country doesn't watch them on TV. You know, you, you especially the, from the Midwest East to the East Coast, you don't see these guys playing a whole lot. Well, tonight, um, by the time most people hear this, we will have the result of Mexico-Japan, versus, which is tonight. And everything points to the undefeated uh, Japanese team beating Mexico's been 3-1 and one in the tournament. And if we get that matchup of Otani and the rest of a very talented Japan squad versus the U.S., I think, I think a good number of TV sets are going to turn that on. I think that's some good baseball to watch. Milk isn't your guy. Uh, a Rose Conpoyo on Mexico. Yeah. He's, yeah, he is. He's been playing amazing. He's, he's made some awesome plays in the outfield. I saw that. Yeah. All right. Who's got a punchable face? Anybody? Are we taking well, before our shots? That, though, can, can we ask Milk uh, to explain to our dear listeners what's going on with his background? Oh, my God. I think. I think that's I just, shot I, I, this week. I just noticed that. How sad. You just noticed it? How, how sad. I feel badly for you, Milk. Yeah, I want you guys, I want all of our listeners to live the nightmare of Baker Mayfield. He was announced today as the Bucks, presumably starting quarterback. Why wouldn't he be? I mean, unless he can't <laughs> beat out Kyle Trask. Um, do you know what it's like to go from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield? <laughs> you guys know what it's like. It's like dating a supermodel and then ending up with an IHOP waitress. It's a living hell, <laughs> all right? And, um, yeah, I mean, I think we win. I, I had us winning three games with Trask. I have us winning four games with Baker. So, And then in winner. game five, Trask takes over and starts, which is pretty much Baker's MO this, these days. One of those wins next year will be against the Eagles. Whoa. Mark it down. <laughs> Did you, you know you just recorded that so I can play that over and over and I over? Know, and I know you will actually. I know you will take that soundbite and hold on to it. <laughs> That'll be your ringtone when you call me. Oh God, no! It's gonna be a long year. D- so, long d- does anybody else have a soundbite? Pope sounds like you do. Go a soundbite. Well, what is it that you you wanted to get to before Punchable Face? Oh, I wanted to find out what Milk had on his background. Ah. I wanted to hear him talk about Baker in such glowing terms. It's it's bake time. Let's bake. Let's bake. (laughs) Isn't that, by the way, isn't that, uh, when I hear let's bake, all I think about is uh, the meth show. (laughs) Breaking Bad? Breaking Bad. Breaking Baker. Let's bake. (laughs) Hey, I just wanted to give a shout out to Giannis, who had a perfect triple, triple, right? He he's, he had, uh, what did he have? He had 23, 22 points, 13 rebounds, 10 assists, and did not miss a shot Sunday. It's pretty, it's, that's a pretty amazing feat. How many self rebounds did he have? <laughs> None at the end of the game that I know of. That's pretty impressive to not yeah. miss a shot. Yeah. How about you, House? You have a uh, quick hitter. I want to give a shout out 
to a real dynasty in college sports that very few people know about. Uh, but it is a true dynasty. The, the Penn State Nittany Lion wrestling team just won uh, another national championship this weekend. Uh, they Their coach is a guy named Kale Sanderson who came over to them from Iowa State. Kale is one of about three or four wrestlers in NCAA history who never lost in college. The guy is just, he's an animal. He's a winner. He's an incredible leader. He's an incredible coach. He's He's been with the team for 13 years, 12 of those seasons, there were championships. One was canceled because of COVID. They've won the national championship 10 times of the 12 years he's coached. Wow. It's crazy. But the other thing that was really cool watching the wrestling this weekend, um, it's just a, it's an equalizing sport for, for athletes. We, we had champions this weekend. There's only 10 weight classes. And we had a champion from Northern Colorado one from Princeton and two from Cornell. And I just think that's cool that you can go to almost any size college in the country and still be on the biggest stage and win a national championship in a sport. So hats off to all, all the guys that wrestled this weekend in the championship and particularly Penn state. That was awesome. True student athletes. Anyone else? Indeed. Got anything milk? No. All right. Now, who has a punchable face? Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kuja with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. I have two. Oh, oh boy. I think you guys Uh-oh. have heard both of these. And if you haven't, uh, you're going to want to punch also. So these are these are two really ugly family stories. Um, the first is, uh, you'll probably recognize the last name. The first involves... A you're, kid not, you're not talking about my uh, post-St. Patrick's Day celebration, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Is there a video of that also? <laughs> right, yes. uh, maybe is, you already been punched. Yeah. Again. <laughs> Have you guys seen the story about Carson Briere? Uh, no. Carson Briere is the son of Danny Briere, who had a really nice uh, professional hockey career with the Canadiens and then the Flyers. He's now their interim GM. Uh, Carson Briere is a hockey player for Mercyhurst University. And the team went to go uh, party in Erie, Pennsylvania, and they were at a bar. And at the there was video footage at the top of the bar, excuse me, the top of the stairs inside the bar was an empty wheelchair. There was a girl who was a double amputee who had to be carried down, down the steps to go to the bathroom, so, so they left her wheelchair there. Well, this idiot who was just playing around decided to scoot around for a little bit in the wheelchair, see what it was like. And then it was, when he was done with that and was bored, he took the wheelchair and just tipped it down the stairs. And sent it down the stairs, crashing at the bottom of the stairs. Like, what has to happen in your head to make somebody do that? Like, really? Sickness. So, um, you know, he's suspended, of course. They're deciding whether or not they're even going to keep him at the university. So I think he's got a lot of punches coming his way. But I just, like, seriously, man, like, get a life. Get a life. It's just it's just a shame about what happens with sometimes with, with privilege with these kids, which 
leads me to my second really ugly one. If you didn't see the report that was released last week from U.S. Soccer. Mm. Uh, About the parents? Yeah. Did yeah, you see that? Alter and yeah. Reina. Yeah. Holy crap. So, 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 you know, a, a really great soccer player in the past for U.S. soccer was Claudia Reina. And his son, Gio Reina, is a very, very talented soccer player. Uh, he was a little bit injured before the World Cup, but apparently he's just like, he's got an attitude. And we did a little piece on this earlier. We did, yep. yeah. 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 It turns out that after he didn't get playing time, he was sulky and really disruptive to the team. And Burhalter, two weeks after the World Cup was over, gave a speech where he kind of alluded to a problem on the team. And then it kind of leaked out that the person he was talking about was Gio Reyna. And after they did that, the parents decided to go on this march to get him canned. And they they pulled up, uh, they all, he went to, turns out he went to Chapel Hill in 1992 as a freshman, Burhalter. And he got in a domestic dispute with his then girlfriend, who's now been his wife for almost 30 years. She slapped him. He pushed her down, kicked her. Net, police never came. There were never any charges. But the Reynas decided to release that. Well, who was her? And they were friends. They were all friends back who then. Who was her roommate? Who was her roommate? It was Reyna's wife. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah they, right. Were, they were all friends. They, they, were all they friends. socialized together. And so they have this information that only a friend would have and then re- released it out of spite. So what, what came out is that in this investigation is that the Reynas have for years just been bullying U.S. soccer coaches and other people in the system, including the director of U.S. soccer, really for their kids playing time. And like always really in very aggressive, expletive laden texts and calls complaining about the fact that Gio is not on the field enough. Like, again, get a life. Gio would probably play more if it were for his parents' interference. Because exactly. he is good. Exactly. Dude, like, this, yeah. That's horrible. This is a horrible. Parent parental involvement in youth sports is like one of the worst things that can happen. You're it watching is, it firsthand now, Milk. And I'm telling you, it's just, it's like there are some fucking awful parents out there that like, I mean, it's like, and I sit there, I'm like, this is like ruining this. He doesn't even know it. He's so young. It's going to like ruin this kid's life. Like he just, they're just, they can't step out of their own way. And as they elevate into, to, you know, more competitive sports, it gets worse and worse. I don't know. The whole thing turns me off. Carson Briere and the Reina family, you can punch each other as we're punching you. Yeah. Are you punching FIA? Oh, who was doing that FIA punch? I think it was Bison. Yeah. Bison's not with us anymore. Oh, he's, <laughs> he's with us, but just well, I think we could there's I a think, ton of people we could be punching and well know, what is I thought could, Aaron Rodgers, you know, all kinds well, of people. you punch Aaron yeah. Rodgers every week. No, FIA this week totally screwed up the podium uh at the uh, Saudi Arabia um Formula oh, One yeah. race when when uh, they gave Fernando Alonso the third place um, and then they took it away from him because of a penalty. And then turns out that uh, they hadn't been equally uh, administering the penalty since the Aston Martin team showed him seven instances where they had uh, the exact same situation in the in the pit when he's doing a delay. 
uh, and they didn't enforce it. And so then they turned around and they took it away from George Russell after they gave him third place. And and George Russell went on social media with the trophy and a bottle of champagne and said, even though even though Alonzo and Aston Martin deserves it, you know, thank you, uh, Mercedes. And then that social media post was deleted when he lost his third place, you know, 20 hours or 10 hours after the race. It was just a joke. His his social media post was followed by then Alonzo saying it's unfair because I was holding the trophy and drinking the champagne. Right. (laughs) Right. I know. It's just totally screwed. I mean, you've got you have to enforce that during the race. You can't can't let somebody up on the podium and then after it's over, tell them that they you're stripping them of their trophy. And then another, you know, four or five hours later after your team presents evidence, otherwise they're like, I re reinstating you. I mean, it's just, they need to get their act together. So you're as an early, early season punch. That's a that's a shot across the bow. Get better. Don't call it a comeback. FIA is Alonzo <laughs> the driver of the year so far. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, so How about wait a minute wait a minute how about max coming from 15th to second place oh, he's in a rocket ship yeah Comes all right ridiculous. that's what hamilton okay. said hamilton didn't even fight him he said i can't even compete with that thing as it blew by him okay it's the car this thing. year but it will be interesting because checo checo is not gonna to sit back and and let red bull put their thumb on the scale for yeah. Max, right. so elbow. We could see some elbows out between those two on some close racing, and could be a little, uh, a little paint swapping. Would be a lot of fun. Who, that who would be fun. Checo Verstappen boxing match. Checo. Oh, Checo. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, Max. No, no, no. Well, listen, I know I've said this before, but do you remember uh, last season when Serena Williams came out to present the trophy to Max? She looked like she could pick him up with one arm and curl him and then snap his neck in half. He's a, he's tiny. They're all tiny, except for uh, Alonzo. Alonzo's looks, big. Alonzo looks huge compared to those guys. Yeah. I like him. Yeah. Yeah. Barbecue But hey, who's, nobody has a, a lasso for this week. I think we do. Who who actually speaking of lasso? Who's seen episode one of the current season? Anyone? Oh yeah, it was yep. good. Yeah, you thought it was good. I thought it was kind of meh. And it's just setting up what's good. What's good uh, it better get better. I think it better get better. It seems like maybe they're running out of energy. Don't like, don't you don't think West Ham and and AC Richmond are uh, on a collision course? Well, yeah. Let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. I it, have it's a, a setup. It, it, along those lines, I have sort of a meh lasso. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Georgetown's higher, man. Yeah, no, oh it's, just, it's just not. It's it's like a nice story, soup. but it's a nice like story. Chicken but soup lasso. It's a nice story, but you're not going to get teary-eyed or anything like that. Um, you guys heard about Danny and Brian White, the the athletic directors of Tennessee and FAU. They're both yeah. brothers. And they they are meeting up in the Sweet 16 at Madison Square Garden when their teams play each other, which is kind of cool for their parents, especially for their parents. Nice. So that's that's what I got. Anybody else got a lasso? Sorry. 
Nothing, nothing nice that you can think about. No, we need Bison to get better. He had a lasso, but he had one. Yeah, he yeah. didn't tell us what it was. Damn it! No. It was very no. mysterious. It was mysterious. But by the way, on that last note on the bas- on the tournament, can you imagine the Final Four is in Houston, right? Yeah, yeah. Houston, Texas, Final Four. Yeah. Oh, well, that can to- happen. Yes. No, 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 no. Houston, Texas are in the same region. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's they're right. they're going to play in the elite eight. That's right. They would play in the elite eight. Damn. Yeah. That would have been cool. Ted Cruz is going to have a hard time figuring out which team's ass to kiss. We'll <laughs> <laughs> go with Texas. Uh, let's play. Hey, let's give a shout out to Bison. He's not feeling well, but this has been a good day for him. Looks like the looks like the Commanders yeah. being sold, and they and Georgetown got a top notch coach. So. Good for you, Bison. They did. That Georgetown will definitely improve to fourth place in the conference. <laughs> oh man! Listen, fourth I, place. I think that I think would be a big talk- win for them. I think we're going to be talking a lot more about the Big East uh, now that they added. Besides their success this year in the tournament, now they added. Um, no, they got the retread. Patino to Patino. St. John's, and that story is going to be out waitresses. <laughs> We're going to hear a lot more about that story because they basically wanted Patino so bad that they made up uh, for cause to get rid of their coach and not have to pay the guy $11 million. And I have a feeling we're going to be, I think we're going to be punching somebody down the road for that. Wow, 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 yeah. wow, wow. Well, look, if right. Georgetown wants to improve, they need to take out their checkbook and start paying players. That's the new world. That's why all these SEC teams are going to start to be. That's not how the Jesuits operate. Well, well, they'll get left in the pay dust. To play. Mm. You want to recruit in DC, get your checkbook out. That sounds like an SEC fan speaking. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. All right. Good job, fellas. Anything else? Enjoy the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. More madness. All right. Let's make sure next time we're together. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby 
House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.